where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. All right, welcome in. It's Wednesday, better known as Hump Day. Now, I, I may have dreamed this up, but I am uh, I'm under the impression. I don't know why, uh, but I'm under the impression that Beaver does not like it when people call it Hump Day. Uh, maybe I dreamed that up. It seems like I got that impression from him. We'll look into that in a minute. Regardless, howdy ho, neighbors. Welcome in on this Wednesday, this AKA Hump Day. In the Bureau, the what? The Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. I'm Matt. I'm here. He is Beaver. He is here. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, B. Hey, Matt Wyatt. How's your hump day going? Oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to let it phase me. It is indeed a good Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so I didn't dream that up. You did say at some point you don't like it when people say hump day. I don't like hump day. The camels ruined it. Camels ruined hump day. <laughs> because everyone, long after that commercial died, yeah. which it was a, it was a good commercial. Yeah. Nothing against the commercial, but yeah. yeah. As we tend to do, we, and I'm talking about the human race, we continued to just use it long after the life of the commercial. Right. So, I guess, not the camels ruined it, but the people ruined it. Right. They kept going, hump day. <laughs> so, it was okay, you're right. But after the, you know, the 25th time that your buddy says to you, hump day, yeah, you've had enough. Yep. You've had enough. At that point, again, we have learned about you, Beaver, that you don't you don't like anything that comes across as obligatory. Meaning, we just do it because that's the societal norm. We're going to keep that up, and I'm totally in lockstep with you on that. And that became part of it. Calling Wednesday Hump Day, doing the camel thing became part of. It. We're not going to do it anymore. All right, okay, got it, got it. See, Beaver helps make the rules around here too. <laughs> so happy. Wednesday <laughs> to you as well. All right. If you're tuning in, you can be a part of the show, and I hope you will be. There's lots of ways for you to do that. You can text or you can call. If you call me on the phone, I get to talk to you. That's a my treat, and then it's everybody else's treat. We get to hear your voice. People like hearing different voices. All right, so call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment. On Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Kubota, the oldest Kubota dealer, in fact, in the United States of America. It means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else, right here at home at Divinity. So call me at 995-1059. The phone lines are open to you. Get on in here. Whatever you want to get into is cool with me. Uh, 995-1059. That's the 601 number. Now, you may be the type of person that you would rather text than call or talk. And that's okay, too. Text me on the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves. It is the best. If you hadn't had or tried some country-pleasing sausage, trust me, 
try it. You might start with the original smoked sausage flavor or my favorite, the jalapeno cheddar. It'll make your tongue slap your hat off. <laughs> I do my own sound effects around here sometimes. Text the show in a country-pleasing text line. It is 885-3776. Got it? 601 number, 885-3776. If you can't remember it, uh, ask your friend. They probably can't. Jot it down and keep it in your wallet or something. I don't know. 601 number, 885-3776. I got a text right as the show was beginning from J-Rock. And he goes, hey, man, Dakota said he was leaving. And then he got a raise, so now he's staying. Sort of like the real world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Hey, I'm leaving. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, can we talk about this? See, now, I don't know any of the details, you know, whatsoever. I don't know. I, I, I do know that, like you, I think it was, what was it, last night, yesterday afternoon when it came out, I got a, a buddy of mine text me, and he goes, hey, why is Dakota Jordan leaving the baseball team? I'm like, oh, no, are you kidding? He's like, he's in the portal. And it turns out today he's coming back out of the portal. He's going to stay. So, um, yeah, I guess whatever. <laughs> it feels so funny saying this, J-Rock, but I think it really is true. It's like whatever demands he had, <laughs> they were obviously met. Now, that sort of sounds like the same language in your favorite hostage movie. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Well, they made his demands, and so he turned them loose. <laughs> but that is sort of kind of how it happens, I guess. And it, there's some real world world to that. Hey, y'all give me a raise, I'm leaving. Right, and then they can decide. Well, either give them the raise or don't, you know, depending on who it is. Trey texts the show. What's up, Trey? He says, Matt, playing 18 at Lake Caroline Friday afternoon. You in? Hashtag Hale State. Well, I don't know if I'll be there Friday afternoon. Uh, let me think about it. <laughs> let me think about it and get back to you. I, I, I did hit some more balls in the driving range today. <clears throat> uh-huh. And I was reminded of that as I was reading your text because I reached down in my pocket and there were some golf tees in my pocket. Right? Like there's several things that you can notice about someone who is low-key obsessed with golf, like you, Trey, and maybe like me, is number one, they will have one of their hands does not have a tan on it. Does not have one of their hands going to be more pale than the other, and that's because that's the hand you wear your golf glove on. Okay, so that's one thing. Another thing is they always got golf tees laying around. <laughs> Wherever you lay your keys down or in the pocket of your pants or like in the little cup holder in your truck. You know, you look, there's golf tee. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this guy's hacking away at it three or four days a week like the rest of us. There's signs and symptoms from us. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I would love to join you, and I do appreciate the invitation. I played at Lake Caroline many, many, many years ago when I was still playing golf, and uh, but it's been a while. <clears throat> so I would love to do it again. And uh, White Denzel, welcome to the show via the Country Pleasing text line. He uh, sent us one. He's apt to send us a little baseball trivia uh, every now and then. And that's what we got right here. 
Uh, he says, on this day in baseball history, 1989. So, June 21st, 1989. The New York Yankees traded Ricky Henderson to the Oakland A's for uh, Greg Cattaray, Eric Plunk, and Luis Polonia. And the rest is history. And what and he sent me this picture of him, and there's a quote here of Ricky Henderson. It says, Legend has it that somebody once quoted John 316 to Ricky Henderson, and he replied, Ricky don't want to hear about John hitting 316. Ricky's hitting 330. <laughs> yeah. How about that? No, I has there ever been I mean, athletes in general are very confident. And and most of them cross the border, the threshold of confident over into arrogant and cockiness, and it's almost like it's part of the territory. But um, has there ever been one that was more confident than Ricky Henderson? Remember when he stole that record-setting base and he pulled the second base bag up out of the ground, held it over his head, and they put a microphone up on him, and he goes. And now I am officially the greatest of all time. <laughs> I bet he's still fast. How's he doing? Speaking of baseball. We were wrong on yesterday's show because We were wrong yesterday because we were all speculating and felt like it looked like Tennessee had an advantage over LSU. As it turns out, Tennessee did not have any sort of advantage over LSU. A shutout, in fact, is what you got. 5-0, LSU wins. They stay alive. Tennessee is done. Back to K-Town, Knoxville. And that's what it was last night. It was K-Town uh, for them. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, like on paper, LSU didn't put anybody on the mound last night that you would have gone into the game saying, oh, that that's a great matchup. Boy, those guys are really going to be able to limit Tennessee's bats. No, you wouldn't do any of that. But boy, did they ever. Two, three, so let's see. Tennessee was the home team in the game. Yeah. So two lefties. They only used two pitchers in that win last night. They were both big, broad lefties. Nothing wrong with being broke. And I think the guy who started the game and threw six innings, the lefty for uh, LSU, how do you say his name? Ackenhausen? Aken- Ackenhausen? Something like that. But man, was he ever good. I mean good. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Houston Harding. Lefty for state, and the performance that he gave really twice when state won the College World Series. 
you know, a guy you're not talking about coming into it, but gives you something that you just had to have it. A phenomenal out pitch the best he's pitched all year long. This guy goes out there last night on the mound for LSU against that Tennessee lineup, throws six innings, strikes out seven, no walks, and no runs on just four hits. And only one of the four hits was a an extra base hit. It was a double. So a double and three singles didn't walk a single guy after facing 24 batters and struck out seven of them. He got six ground ball outs, one double play, and a fly out. Threw 93 pitches and 58 of them were strikes and just handled them. Now, I will say, it kind of looked like to me that, I mean, that umpire was giving the pitchers a pretty wide strike zone. They were. Whoever that guy is, he was... He had a bigger strike zone than most of the strike zones I've seen this year in college baseball. Most of the ones I've seen, I was watching in the SEC, and we know those guys were being evaluated by TrackMan, and so you had the really small, tight strike zones for most of your games in the SEC. That umpire last night had a big strike zone, and it certainly did help the pitchers. But, I mean, these guys for LSU, and then Cooper comes in screaming and hollering, you know, throws three (laughs) innings. Uh, He did walk one, two strikeouts, but gave up no runs on just two hits. A single and a double. Got a, he got a bunch of ground balls. You know, both guys just a hair over 50% strikes. But they were really good. Two lefties that figured out what the strike zone was. I could not have been more impressed with that starter uh, for LSU not, uh, last night and what he gave them, and they just absolutely had to have it. And I was watching it thinking the whole time, yeah, okay, this is about right because we were sitting there today talking about how Tennessee had more arms. Hey, and, and Tennessee's guy. Tennessee used six pitchers in a ball game last night. Um, and Tennessee's got Beam, who was just lights out against Southern Miss in the game three of that Super Regional. He was so good. His breaking ball was just electric. And he, even though last night against LSU, he went five and two-thirds, even though his breaking stuff wasn't as electric as it was in Hattiesburg, he still struck out nine guys. His line at the end of it was two runs, one of them earned on six hits. Five and two-thirds, he faced 25 batters, struck out nine, only walked two. And again, he gave up six hits. Only one of them was an extra base. It was a double. So five singles in there. It's like they weren't really hitting him. He threw 90 pitches, and 60 of those were strikes. I mean, it was a big strike zone. It's just LSU did a little bit better at some timely stuff. Put the bat on the ball a few more times and um, got a few more walks from Tennessee staff in the game, especially late. You know, um, the guy they put in there at the end, who was it, Sewell, yeah, that gave up the two runs late. He had um, maybe that was maybe that wasn't him. It was one of those guys that hit a couple. They hit some guys late. Had an inning where I think you had either two or three hit, you know, hit two or three guys in one inning late there. I just was really impressed. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. And if that's what they're going to get out of, um, if that's what they're going to get out of Tennessee, I'm sorry, out of LSU pitching, and that is guys stepping up. Look out now. Look out. It was a heck of a ball game. And uh, TCU eliminated Oral Roberts yesterday. You know that was a rematch of the first game of the College World Series. Oral Roberts beat them. They come back elimination game yesterday. TCU wins it 6-1. to one. Now, 
Yesterday afternoon, I got a phone call from my sister-in-law, Annabeth's sister, obviously, Lana Claire. Game was on TV. Get a call from her. I can tell that she's there with my mother-in-law, her mother. She says, uh, Matt, she said, I just told Mama, that would be my mother-in-law, she said, I was under the impression that Oral Roberts was a dental school. <laughs> True story. <laughs> she told me that. <laughs> it would make sense, right? Wouldn't it? Oral Roberts, dental, get it? He genuinely had gotten the impression they were in dental school. Like they're losing, and her thought was, ah, oh, they'll be fine. They're all going to be millionaires soon. They're, go they're, they're all going into dentistry. <laughs> all right. Um, Grumpy texts the show. He says, Matt, Grumpy is on the delivery truck today heading to beautiful downtown Raymond. He says, I'm not going to discuss Dakota Jordan. Disappointing, Matt. Don't antagonize Beaver. Well, but if you're a state fan, Grumpy, what's disappointing? Because he said he's coming back. Right? He said he's coming back. Right? He's out of the portal. Like, what's disappointing about it? David and Brandon text the show. What's up, David? He says, hey, Matt, the show before yours. He says, you did a good job on there yesterday, by the way. The only problem with that show is they have commercials that repeat the phone number 47 times. <laughs> he says, most will know what I'm talking about. So annoying. Well, hey, I mean, it, if, it, if it's worth repeating, right? <laughs> Thanks for the kind words. Nick texts the show. Okay, and I asked the question. I said, is there anybody out there who was more confident slash cocky and arrogant um, in, in baseball than Ricky Henderson. Nick said, yes, there was, and his name was Pedro Martinez. He said he told the Yankees to dig up the Bambino, and he hit him too. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <clears throat> that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, Jackson Mailman sent me that meme that's going around of LSU whooping up on Tennessee and Southern Miss fans taking a picture of it. Uh, yeah, so Southern Miss fans celebrating the fact that Tennessee has to go home. Tennessee got one win in Omaha and two losses. Their one win being over who they beat? Uh, Virginia in an elimination game, I think it was. Jason out in Arizona says, uh, wow, LSU beat Tennessee? He says they might have a chance now. What's it been for Skeens? Five days rest. Uh, when? All right, let me go back. No, not yet. He pitched on Saturday night. Okay, Skeens pitched on Saturday night. And uh, that was 120-plus pitches and basically a complete game deal. Saturday night. So then you go, Sunday is, is one 24-hour period, day. Monday is two. Yesterday is three. Today is four. Okay, so you'd be at four days of rest for Paul Skeens of LSU as of today. And here's the thing about it, Jason. We got games today, by the way. 
Okay, two games today. So you've got Florida. There's four teams left. You got Florida and TCU coming up at one o'clock. If you're listening live, Florida's just got to win one game to move on. TCU's got to win two. And then tonight at six, it's a rematch of Wake Forest and LSU. They played a one-run game two days ago. All right, LSU. If they lose, they're out. If they win, they'll turn around and play Wake Forest again. And here's the thing. I would, wouldn't you? I mean, y'all tell me he's a generational talent. He's a first round pick, all this stuff. But if LSU can win tonight, they're going to turn around and play tomorrow in a winner, go home, win or go home game. A deciding game on who goes to the finals. And. That would be the fifth day since he pitched back on Saturday, and I bet you they'd put him on the mound tomorrow. Now, it's win or, or it's do or die time already in this game tonight. It's just it's only been four days, but not even really a full four days because he pitched late on Saturday night. So y- y'all may see it. They may be deciding to put him on there tonight to extend. I kind of doubt it, though. I kind of bet the thing will be if they can pull off a win tonight to force a deciding game with Wake Forest, then you'd probably see him on the mound tomorrow, which is like what State did going back in 21. That's what they did with Bednar. They figured out a way to pitch him three times all the way to the championship. Good question, though. All right, just getting started with you on this Wednesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Winning the game, or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, alongside Beaver. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of the show. You can text and call. It's as easy as, well, it's the same as grabbing a chair, pulling up to the table with us, plopping down, jumping into the conversation. We're glad to have you. I'll even pour you some hot coffee in your mug from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com. Listen. If you like coffee, Especially like me, you like it so much you drink it all the time, all day, every day. If you are a coffee lover, trust me. Go to highpointroasters.com. Highpointroasters.com. And check them out on social media, HP Roasters. And you'll see what I mean. Good stuff. Lots of different flavors and blends. They get coffee from all over the world, roasting it right there in New Albany. And good folks, too. All right. I don't know what he did, but Penny Hardaway is in a little bit of trouble. Here it is on Twitter. Memphis coach Penny Hardaway has been suspended by the NCAA for the first three games of this upcoming season for recruiting violations and violating head coach responsibility rules per the release. The violations were classified as level two mitigated violations. 
There's a lot there. I don't know what he did. I don't know what it is. He's going to be suspended for the first three games of the year. You know, uh, what does that really mean? I mean, it's three games out of 100, and he won't be on the – I know I exaggerated. You get the point. And he won't be on the bench for those first three games. And it said level two mitigated, meaning they had some violations, but they did something to mitigate it, either self-reported it or, you know, whatever that is. The other thing is, when, since when is the NCAA still out here punishing folks? <laughs> I mean, really? I'm, I'm being I'm halfway serious here. Like, when? I thought they were done with that. How is it that there are still rules that the NCAA is enforcing? Uh, that's beyond me. I thought we were done with that. All right, over to the uh, over to the text line, the country pleasing text line. There's a question for Beaver on here. Beaver Flowtown Ghost would like to know your take on the Dakota Jordan situation, Mississippi State baseball. Why? 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 I? Why am I the guy to ask on this? <laughs> well, no, I'm being serious when I say this, Beaver people really do enjoy hearing you talk and give your true honest opinion on things I'm, and i'm not being facetious at all i'm i'm being serious flowtown ghost knows he's probably not gonna get a whole lot out of me because i don't do a whole lot of keeping up with that stuff or being interested in it and he's probably very interested and knows that you know there's a chance anyway you may have a strong opinion one way or the other that's all okay well, I find that any time one of these kids puts their name in the portal and then a day later, especially a day later, but you put your name in the portal a week later, two weeks later, a few days later, and especially a day later, that's weak. That is weak as hell. Yeah. And you are weak for it. And it just brings up the question earlier, who was it that... I think it was Nick. J-Rock. J-Rock, okay. Yeah. Who said, you know, made him a better offer and he stayed. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, we have no reason, or we have no knowledge if that's true, but yeah. eh, it's probably true in these days. That's weak, too. Yeah. Everything about it. Well, and see, I, I'm kind of with you on this, Beaver. My thought, like when I read J-Rock's text earlier, my thought on it was, couldn't you get all that done without actually going through the the exercise of putting your name in the portal? You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's supposed to be a big move. Yeah. Okay, and let's go straight hypothetical, but it, it there's probably some reality to it. But let's just say whether it is we're going to pay you X amount of NIL dollars, the collective that is, you know, the, the Bulldog Initiative collective is going to pay him X amount of dollars per month or whatever the deal is that financially gets him to, to come back out of the portal a day later. I guess what I'm saying is, couldn't you just go before putting your name in the portal and go to him and say, hey, listen, this is the situation. I'm looking for a better deal. Uh, I hope to get it from you. If I can't get a better deal from you, I'm getting in the portal. But can we work this out? You know what I'm saying? To avoid the whole exercise of I'm in, and now I'm out. <laughs> I mean, 
but like you say, Beaver, maybe there's some stuff we don't know. I, I you know, I don't know, but it's like, yeah, in less than 24 hours, it's like you you're just sitting here scratching your head, going, "What?" So I'm with you on that. What it do you think? seems like, yeah, it it seems like that should be, like I said, that's supposed to be a big move. That that should be the final step in in a, a in a in the process is. Yeah officially jumping into the portal yeah like you said like w just work it out beforehand yeah that that seems like it can be done sure in most situations is do all the work before making that announcement yeah yeah because it, it does come across as a little bit of a hey let's hold their feet to the fire sort of move uh bulldog blitz text the show Country pleasing text line. He says, I have a little knowledge of the situation, and we quote unquote convinced him to stay. Uh, what I was told, I assumed it we meant it meant we paid him, which I'm sure we did. Well, and yeah, that's what I'm, and that's kind of what we're saying. Blitz is, you know, if that's the case, it just seems to me that, especially star players at schools who, you know, they know they have some leverage. Why does going into the portal to begin with have to be a part of that exercise? Is that just what they're advised to do? or And if they are advised to do that, then why? Because it's really, for a lot of guys, that's not, I would say it's not necessary. <laughs> I just, you know. Anyway. Uh Jackson Mailman said Dakota Jordan did the hokey pokey with the portal. Put his right foot in, he put his right foot out. <clears throat> um, okay, and Grumpy, back to his earlier text when he said he was disappointed with that situation with Dakota Jordan. He said that's what he was talking about is, you know, name in and name back out. But uh, I get it. Yeah, because, again, it just – I mean, just practically, on a practical level, you'd, you'd think, oh, it's probably not necessary. You know, a guy hitting 500-foot bombs for you as a freshman, you could probably just go say, hey, look, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> I mean, but, hey, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I don't know anything. Maybe I don't know. Lots of texts. We'll get to those coming up. Over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means that Divinity has been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. On line one, we got Sean. Thanks for calling, Sean. What's up? Hey, Matt. Yo. So, yeah, I heard y'all talking about Dakota and uh, having on pretty decent authority that Apparently, he was promised a vehicle. He doesn't have a ride or didn't have a ride, uh, you know, when he signed, signed originally. And uh, that was ever provided. And so I think, you know, right or wrong, the yeah. way, only way he could get get the attention that he wanted or what he, what he was promised to begin with was to go ahead and, you know, put his name in the portal and, I guess let them know they wasn't kidding around. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. Right or well, wrong, I, naive, and see, naive, naive or not, you yeah. know, it's just, 
It's the way of the world right now. Well, it is, and Sean, th Sean, this is what I would say: is that all that may be true to a certain extent. I know you saying you heard it, but I will say this with one hundred percent confidence. One hundred percent confidence. Knowing guys like Charlie with the collective and and everything. The, a guy like Dakota Jordan does not have to put his name in the portal officially to get their attention. So, but I will say this too. I will say this too. I would think, wouldn't you? I would think that if there are promises made during the recruiting period and the recruiting process, like having a car, a vehicle, that once a kid signs, you better come through with what you promised. I mean, that seems like that's a pretty matter-of-fact statement right there. Yeah, that's kind, of, right, and that, and that's kind of the point. I don't think that he, you know, I know he, he, has, he would have their attention, but, yeah. I mean, you know how you were when you were 19 or 20 or 21, and um, you felt like maybe something, maybe not something you would do, but uh, it, it, maybe he had felt like he exhausted everything, and just yeah. like, all well, right, I was told this, sure, and I've been sure. here for a year, and, uh, you know, I, I think it has to do with some family, you know, uh, with some family needs are too. But anyway, I see. It's okay, just, I see. Uh, it is what it is. What it, it is what it is. You know. Right. Um, well, and so, Sean, I appreciate the I appreciate the info and a phone call. And again, what I would say is, to people who are out there talking to these star athletes, we are in the pay for play era. If you're advising a star athlete, you can probably tell them. A lot of times, you don't necessarily have to go through with the whole exercise of the portal to get their attention. Just go talk to them. Stick around. All right, back with you. All kinds of stuff flying around all over the place. Phone calls and text messages flying in here as well. And get them on in. Pull up to the table with us. Plop down. Join the conversation. You can call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. Or you could text the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage. Yeah, it's the best. 885-3776. That's the number to text. Another good way to remember it is... Uh, 885 ESPN. You can text that. 885 ESPN. That'll get you in here. Uh, college baseball. You've got some teams. There are four teams left. Two teams have yet to lose. They're in the catbird seat. And two teams that are facing elimination. One of those teams facing elimination is LSU, and they'll play the number one overall seed, Wake Forest, who they lost to the other night, 3-2. to two. So a rematch of that one tonight at 6, with Wake Forest sitting here 2-0, and oh. LSU's 2-1 and one facing elimination. LSU's got to win tonight. They have to win tonight to force a win or go-home game tomorrow for everybody. All right, so LSU's got to beat Wake Forest twice. Wake Forest's only got to beat LSU once. And so this is a must-win game tonight. It is. But if LSU wins tonight, they're going to have to play again tomorrow. Today would be four days of rest for Paul Skeens, who threw on Saturday against Tennessee. Tomorrow would be five days rest. We were speculating on what they would do with him. They're going to throw him tonight or, to, or wait and use him tomorrow if they win. And keep in mind, they only had to use two pitchers last night against Tennessee, which is a huge 
win and bonus in and of itself. PT for MSU Texas Show, and he says, I think you probably have to throw Skeens tonight to give you the best chance to play tomorrow if you're LSU. He says, I don't like it, but it feels like that's probably what uh, Jay Johnson should do. He said, that would also give him an extra day of rest for the finals, assuming you make it that far. That's a really smart way to look at it, and, and it does make a lot of sense. Instead of five days, you're on four days. This is a must-win. It is the only game that matters. There is no tomorrow unless you win this one. So if you throw him tonight, you win, you force that one tomorrow, then you're down to one ball game where anything can happen. And if you do get in the finals, you've picked up one extra day of rest for him to turn him back around for that one. Right? PT, that's really smart. Makes a lot of sense. Bulldog Blitz, Texas show. And um, talking about Dakota Jordan puts his name in, gets his name right back out. We had Sean who called in and said it might have something to do with a car that he was, you know, transportation they were promised in recruiting or whatever. But again, what I, what I, my, my thing was, I mean, if you're Dakota Jordan, I mean, you're a freshman All American, you know, in the USA team, you know, you're hitting 500 foot bombs your freshman year. I wouldn't think you'd have to go through the exercise of in get you know putting the name in the portal to get their attention. I wouldn't think to to get somebody to say, "Hey, hey, what is it? What's going on with you? What do you need? What's happening?" Bulldog Blitz text the show says it's very odd. Maybe it's because they're young and dumb. He says Logic says ask for the money first. And that's what I'm saying. Logic does go to him and say, "Hey, look, I've got an issue here." Uh, Flowtown Ghost says it sounds like a strong arm tactic on his part. Um, Real C says a disgruntled kid from a family with extremely deep, deep pockets had left. So you're talking about the kid that went to Georgia? What's his name? Third baseman. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? I'm just drawing a blank. I know exactly who we're talking about. He said that same crew wanted to add more insult and injury to the program by trying to lure Dakota Jordan. He said, thankfully, the kid was talked down by a solid support group that enlightened him to the malice. Uh-huh. Okay. That's real C weighing in. Slate offered. That's who it is. Slate offered. I just, thank y'all. I got it. I couldn't remember the name. I was, I was drawing a blank on it. Big time talent. Hit a bunch of home runs for state this year. Had some trouble fielding, particularly early in the year at third base, but he's going to go play for Jay Johnson over at uh, Georgia. Uh, Scott texts the show. He said, hey, man, I wonder if Dakota went to them and requested more, and they said, we really don't have it right now. Just hold on. So he jumped in a portal to force it. That's from Scott. And Yeah, all of that. I don't really know. I, and, and really and truly, it's there is an element of, you know, for us and all of us to be responsible, we kind of stop short of just real sure enough speculation on all these details because I just don't know. I have not talked to anybody that would know. I just don't know. Uh, unnamed texter said, I would seriously, and this is in regards to the call that we got, says, Unnamed texture says, I would seriously doubt that he waited a year with no car that wasn't delivered to raise the subject. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tony says, whatever happened to playing for the love of the game? 
Yeah, let me just tell you something. That's a little, that's, um, it's a good question. It's a fair question, Tony. All right. It is a fair question. It is not a, I don't think it's a naive question, even though, Tony, there are a lot of people who would accuse you of that, who would go, oh, love of the game, naive. This is 2023, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, look, let's say it like this. There are a whole bunch of kids playing baseball, even at a very high level, for what? For the love of the game. Okay, it's not wholly eliminated, and that's the truth. I mean, Oral Roberts was a four seed, a whole bunch of kids that were really good, a, an excellent team, won 50 games this year, win a regional, win a super on the road, all of it on the road, go to Omaha, win a game, beat TCU, the hottest team in the country in the first game, and you feel like just about every last single one of those is playing and tickled to have the opportunity to play. I bet very few, if any, of Oral Roberts guys are getting any you know, extra help beyond what little bit of baseball scholarship the program is able to provide under the NCAA joke of a structure for baseball, along with any academic scholarship those guys can, can tally up, and they are able to do that. They're one example, and they're right there with the LSUs and the Tennessees and the Floridas. They're right there with them. You know, they had to tie and run on base in the ninth inning against Florida in a one-run ball game. There are lots of them out there. But, you know, I will tell you, if, if we were to take it a step further, and we don't necessarily have time in this segment before music begins to really go through the entire exercise, okay, but, Tony, you peel it back one more layer, and, and you look at a lot of the stuff that's out there being reported uh, in the college football name, image, and likeness space today about the recent lobbying going on in Washington by college sports leaders to try to get them to pass some federal NIL deal. The reporting today says that there is less and less optimism by the minute that that's actually going to get done. There's also reporting out there today that, and this is football we're talking about, but that most likely what we're looking at and staring at is a situation where Power 5 football pretty soon is going to be removed from underneath the NCAA umbrella. You know, privatized is not the right word. It's not, it's not like it's going to be taken out and privatized, but it is going to break out there and just be its own entity. It will not be NCAA basketball or NCAA football uh, uh, or NCAA baseball. It's just going to be like college football or whatever they decide to call it. The conferences will make the rules. The conferences will make the pay structure. The conferences will figure out who's going to enforce and how they're going to enforce. And so that's the road we're looking at. And that's what's being reported out there today. Well, I say all that to say, it's not naive for you as a fan to ask the question, what happened to playing for the love of the game? Okay, it's not naive. It's just a fair question. And with all this other stuff, too, it has me wondering, you know, the old model, the old way. What were and are the redeeming qualities of it? Um, are, are there some things that were always a part of the makeup 
of let's say college sports in general that you got to preserve if football for instance breaks away to be its own entity and is no longer an NCAA deal it is a professional deal it's a for-profit professional run type of league that is tied to universities and then is a money maker for-profit for universities okay and it gets classified as such and they figure out some way to deal with the players and pay them and all this and share revenue and everything well what about the old model you know the old model of schools paying for the education the college education of the athletes and everything associated with that education the schools paid for all of it in exchange for the athlete playing sports for them i mean is that something that is redeemable and quality enough that that gets carried over into whatever's next you see what i'm saying i think those those are some things that people have to figure out and i think that's nothing wrong with us as fans and maybe me as a former player to help them try to figure that out what is it about the way you've had it that you want to hang on to because it sounds like to me a lot of it is going to be hard to hang on to so if you're going to hang on to something you're going to have to do it very intentionally just the way it is all right, that's hour one. All kinds of texts to get to. We'll start that off in hour two right around the corner. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around.